0: good news of christ may i speak in the name of god who is father son and holy spirit amen amen so you can see um, the the three kings have moved if you were here last sunday they were over there and now they have moved uh, over here um it's not quite like the elf on the shelf um i believe the altar guild moved them um maybe the altar. they're oh, not going to go there um come into your house and move the elves as well. But uh, there they are. Um, so uh, um, if you want a picture uh, after church, do take a picture of the, of the scene there, of this wonderful um, nativity scene we have, all complete um, with just one or two minor theological inaccuracies. Um, uh, one of which is, of course, um, that uh, by the time the kings um, got to visit Jesus, he was probably about two. And if any of you have ever known a two-year-old, you will know that they don't sit still, let alone lie in a manger. Um, so maybe we need to commission a, a, a kind of a two-year-old Jesus that runs around the church and, and can't be caught. Um, but uh, um, anyhow, so Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, and it was the time we hear of King Herod. And um, if you like pantomimes, King Herod would be the baddie. If you like Disney movies or cartoons, King Herod would be the baddie. I I think of his voice being something like the evil Jafar from Aladdin. Um, That probably shows you the era of Disney I watched when I grew up. Um, But you imagine King Herod, he was not a friendly chap. Um, And he was on a bit of a power trip. Um, So along come these magi from the east, um, to Jerusalem, and they go to the king, because they're going to find a king, and so they think, well, we'll go to the king and see uh, where where has this, this baby been born, the one who has been born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him, and I imagine if we had sound effects now um, that you would hear Herod's voice with one of those. I'm not going to try and do one because um, I haven't practiced this. But one of those kind of laughs, you know, that kind of evil laugh, mwahaha kind of laugh. Um, I'll, I'll practice it for next time I preach on Epiphany and do a Herod laugh. Um, but you just imagine that in your head. And there's Herod going, oh, um, he wants to go and find where this baby is too. Um, who are the Magi? Um, we, I, I gave you a hint at the start of the service. Uh, we don't know that there were three of them. Um, jumping to the end of the reading we heard, we know that there were three gifts that are mentioned in Matthew 2 in verse 11, which were gold and frankincense and myrrh. So in 1857, um, there was an Episcopal uh, priest, Anglican priest in the States, um, and uh, he wrote a Christmas carol, which was called... Uh, we three kings. So that's the one we sang at the start of our service today. And um, much of what we understand about the Magi, I would suggest, comes from that carol. Um, and so we have we have all learnt that there were three kings. I can't remember their names because it's not relevant. But there were three kings, and they therefore um, to correspond with the three gifts. Uh, so Matthew does say there were three gifts, but he does not say there were three kings. What about magi? Well, um, magi were, um, they were astronomers, so they looked at the stars. And there's a very fine line, certainly back then, between the kind of scientific study of the stars uh, to try and understand more about the life uh, of the universe and so on, and then the, um, the, the kind of astrology side, so looking to the stars uh, for fortune-telling. Um, one of them is good, one of them is not. Um, and so it, it's kind of a fine line, which were they, and it may have even been both. Um, there's suggestions that magi was a word uh, used for um, Persian priests. So perhaps there were Zoroastrian priests who saw uh, this prophecy that, um, th- that the king of the Jews would be born, and, and they looked for the star and followed it. Uh, That being a sign that that, that Jesus was coming not just for the Jews, but for others too. We obviously saw um, a couple of weeks ago, or indeed a couple of years ago, if we go with the Bible timeline, the shepherds uh, visited the baby Jesus um, when he was a baby. Um, So they were the first ones to hear and to know. Um, But it took the... um, It took the the Magi longer to get there because they had to follow a star rather than happening to be in the right place at the right time when the angels were there. So we have these Magi. We don't know that there were three of them. Um, Why might we call them kings? Well, maybe they worked for a king. They probably were like the scientific advisors to the king of wherever they came from, Um, and they, they were studying the stars, and they, they said, we need to go and worship. Really the same thing as the shepherds, as I say, just a bit later. So that's a little bit of backstory um, to the Magi. Um, they go, and they get there, and they see King Herod with his cackle, as I said, his evil laugh. Um, that's not in the Bible, too, or in the hymn. That's just me guessing. Um, there is King Herod. Um, And he called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law and said to them, um, where's the Messiah going to be born? Well, the chief priests would have known their scriptures, and and they said, well, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem in Judea. And they quoted the prophecy um, that said that's where he was going to be born. So Herod then has a secret meeting with these magi who were visiting And finds out the exact time the star had appeared. He's very calculating, isn't he? He finds out the exact time the star has appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. And he said, you go and find them. He's not going to go and find them himself, because that would be too obvious. He says, you go find them. And as soon as you find him, come back to me, so I may go and kill him. I mean, worship him. He He says, he says, worship. I want to go and worship him too. So they said, okay. They go and they go and, and find Jesus. And they find him not in a stable, in a manger, but in a house. And when they see the, the star over the house, they were overjoyed. Um, and they saw Jesus with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, I mean, she must have been a bit kind of bemused at this. Um, often people come giving gifts to babies. Um, it's lovely hearing babies' noises when, uh, when preaching. I really enjoy um, knowing that there's children in the church and children around. Many of us do. It's great. Um, but uh, if, if, I don't want to pick on anyone, but if we went and, and brought you uh, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, probably we would get, well, thank you very much for the gold, and mm, the frankincense is okay, but don't worry too much about the myrrh. I feel like I'm quoting a movie there. Um, the kinds of gifts we might give someone who's had a baby are are probably, um, well, if we're a practical person, maybe some diapers because babies use an awful lot of diapers and they're really expensive Um, and uh, maybe we'd give uh, a gift for the parents some chocolate to make it through the day um, or something or maybe we'd get some nice baby clothes, I don't know Um, we probably wouldn't take gold, frankincense and myrrh Uh, Unless someone's going to say, yes, I do. Is No? Good. I always realize when I say these things, there's normally somebody go, yeah, I would. Of course. So they bow down and they worship, and they give those gifts and um, open the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Now, the significance that we read into the gold, frankincense, and myrrh are kind of picked up in the carol, so it it is helpful. Um, The gold because Jesus is the king of the Jews. The frankincense, um, because that's something that a priest would, would use in worship um, at the time, and they would offer worship to, to God uh, using frankincense. Some churches still use frankincense today um, a, as part of their worship or incense, um, and um, there's that sense of worshiping in all our senses. Um, it tends to make people sneeze, though, so it's not always the best idea. But anyway, uh, we don't. But, but many churches will use incense still. Um, so that's something that a priest would use. Jesus was uh, to be the great high priest. Uh, he's the one. A priest is someone who you need in order to access God. And Jesus comes and says, I am. Uh, I'm going to fulfill that. But, well, he doesn't say it at this point. But he's, so the frankincense is, is foretelling that Jesus would be a priest. And so he is the one with direct access to God. And we can talk straight to Jesus. Um, And the myrrh um, is a sign. Sometimes they'd use myrrh to anoint people in kind of ordinations, so if they were going to become a priest. Um, But more likely the myrrh is a foretelling of the fact that Jesus would die and uh, they would use um, myrrh to um, anoint the body um, to prepare for burial. Um, So, three gifts that, as I say, not particularly useful to Mary. She may have wanted diapers and chocolate and baby rompers. And what she got was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then we get this verse 12. They are warned in a dream um, not to go back to Herod. And so they find an alternative route back to their country. And you can read on in Matthew 2 to see the very sad story of what Happens next, and King Herod continuing with his evil love and evil work. Um, so that's what we see of the Magi. Um, not very much, but enough to see that they're people who, in their looking to find truth, in their scientific journey, if you call it that, looking at the stars and trying to understand as they look at the sky, they are drawn um, to. Um, Bethlehem and they are drawn knowing um, the prophecy that they had, they knew that this king of the Jews was to be born and they go and they worship and so it works that this theme of epiphany which means, um, it means manifestation um, so, so God being made manifest is what it, what it means I mean not technically, that would be theophany um, which uh, I'm digressing now, but some of you like that. So in the Orthodox tradition, um, they don't use the word epiphany. They would use the word theophany because they say it's not just an epiphany, it's a manifestation, like, oh, here we go. A theophany means the manifestation of God. Um, so either way, um, the theophany, the epiphany, the, the manifestation of God, the God becoming human, and they go and they see, and they can't help but worship and so that's why today in the songs we're singing, we started with the story, and all of the other songs are about saying, we are here to worship. And we don't need to bring gold or frankincense or myrrh, um, although if you have gold, there's a box at the back. Um, if you have frankincense or myrrh, thank you. We'll regift gift it to somebody, I don't know. Um, we don't need to bring those physical gifts, but what we, what we offer is ourselves. Um, to, to quote one of the liturgical prayers that Anglicans like to use, we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. And so we bow down in the same way we see here. They bowed down, um, verse 11, and worshipped him. We bow down and worship the risen, ascended Lord Jesus. And we offer all of ourselves, our souls, our bodies, as living sacrifices. One of the things I love about uh, thinking of the, the Magi and in the context of worship is that so often when we come to a church service or, or maybe you go to a big church event or something and, um, and we come and we, we're looking to hope To get something from it. What we see with the Magi is they came with hands full and they left, having laid down their worship, having offered their worship, having given their worship to Jesus. They left with hands empty, but hearts full. With hands empty, but hearts full. And my prayer is that as we come week by week, and and if you're here for morning prayer, day by day, as we come to this place to offer our worship to Jesus Christ, that we would come and lay down all that we have before him and that our hearts would be filled with whatever it is they need, which for some of us might be joy. We might just need some joy. And we might feel we walk out of church just feeling overjoyed. For other of us, we might come and we just feel we need to know God's peace. And so our hearts may be filled as we leave with that peace. For others of us, so often people say, I I, I struggle to come to church, David, because when I come to church, I start crying. And so many people have said, I'd come more, but when I come, I cry. And I want to say, to all of us if that's you ever this is a safe space where you can cry Um, I say to people at funerals this it is relevant I say my job is to hold it together so that you get to fall apart if you need to and I think for all of us as a church my hope and prayer in this new year is that we will be a place where just that can happen where if you need to fall apart you can fall apart and there'll be people around who are ready to pull you back together and it might be with a handshake or a hug it might be depending on the person with a terrible sarcastic joke whatever it is that you just need at that moment this church should be a place where we can come and be our authentic selves and sometimes our, our, our worship is to say to Jesus, I just need to let go of this. I'm going to allow myself to fall apart in church because this is not a place where anybody cares what you're wearing, whether you, whether you um, look like you've got your stuff all together or you haven't. This is a place where, we, where we're real and authentic. And, and so as we come in worship, we offer ourselves, our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. We come with full hands and we leave with full hearts. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for the Magi. We thank you for their example of searching to find where you were, of bringing gifts that they had, and of offering their worship to you. We thank you for the privilege that we have to come and worship you today, to know that you are our Lord, our Savior, our King, that you are the great high priest, that if we want to talk to God, we just have to talk to you. We thank you that you care about us and love us so much that as we come to you and worship, that you fill our hearts with your spirit, with your peace. And we thank you for this place, for the safety of being able to worship freely We thank you that in those times when worship and prayer lead us to cry or to fall apart, that you have us in the palm of your hand and that you've put us alongside people who care for us too. And so we pray, Lord, would you fill us afresh today and every day with your Holy Spirit